I pray that you've had a good week this week and that you've been asking yourselves some questions in the decision-making process because we started this series seeking to give you some questions to ask yourself because we're making decisions every day. And sometimes we just don't even understand the implications of some of those decisions that we're making, do we, John? But there are implications to those decisions, every one of them. So we wanted to, in this series, provide some tools for you, some questions that we thought would be very helpful um, as you walk along this journey of life. And they're very, very helpful for every decision, but they're extremely helpful for the decisions that you thought you'd never have to make or the decisions that you never wanted to make. Um, and every one of these questions have been taken right outside of God's Word. And so, <clears throat> regardless if you're a, a seasoned believer, and man, you've been in church ever since the day you were, you were born, or if it's somebody that's a brand new Christian, or if it's somebody that's just trying to figure things out, what I would hope that you would come to understand is that what we have been talking about has come outside of God's Word. And it would remind you, and also just instill in you the importance of us spending time in God's Word. There's a passage of Scripture in 2 Timothy that talks about the importance of God's Word. And what was said was this, God's Word is so vitally important because it teaches us not only what's right, what's not right, but how to get right and how to stay right. Now that's my version. But if you want to read it for yourself, go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, and you'll see what Paul had to say. But that's what he said in a nutshell. That's what God's Word is. What's right, what's not right, how to get right, and how to stay right. Um, and we have, uh, we've set out um, the first week we started this series to ask ourselves the first question. And that out, of, out of that, we said that was probably going to be the most difficult question of all. Kirby, what are you doing here? Hey, Curb. Man, this is like student ministry deal. Derek and Kristen are over here. By the way, you remember I told a story last week about this guy? Well, he shows up this morning all the way from the other side of Timbuktu. Um, I'll relate to that a little bit later, Derek. I'll tell you what I told about you, but it was a good deal. <laughs> um, but we started out with a question, the number one question, what we thought was going to be the most difficult question of all, and that was, uh, asking yourself in the process of making decisions, Curtis, are you being completely honest? Are you being completely honest? Because it is, it is so easy for us to talk ourselves into doing whatever we want to do or whatever benefits us most, right? You ever been in that situation? And while you're making that decision, you're coming up with all these excuses because you know that you're going to be questioned. You know that somebody's going to ask you. And so, so you've already come up with a line that you're going to feed them when that time comes. And so the question, number one question is, are you being completely honest with yourself? Because Jeremiah told us in Jeremiah 17, 9, he said, listen, the heart is deceitful above all things beyond cure. So take note of that. And so when you're in the first, one of the first questions you can ask yourself in the decision-making process, whatever question you're trying to answer is, am I being completely honest or am I being deceived? The second question that we ask ourselves um, was this, and, and uh, is at the end of the day, what kind of story do you want to tell? And that was where I made reference to Derek because I remember as a young high school senior, something that took place in your life in reference to a job. And they have, they're an accusation that they had made against you. And I remember our conversations uh, and how you lost a position because of an accusation and, and uh, an attempt to, to defame your character. 
And we knew who you were day one, didn't we? We knew exactly who you were. But we kept asking ourselves the question, God, what are you doing in the midst of this? And now God has not only blessed you, but he's blessed you, blessed you far in abundance beyond that because of your faithfulness. As you look back, I believe Derek was a young man that asked himself, God, as I look into my future, what kind of story do I want to one day tell? Because every one of us are building a story. Every one of us are writing a book. And one day we're going to look back and we're going to tell a story. Now, how many of us in this room have parts and pieces of your life or seasons of your life that you don't want to go back and tell because you're embarrassed? One day you're going to have to sit down. Wouldn't it be neat to be able to sit down with your grandkids and tell them everything? Wouldn't it be great to be able to sit down with, with neighbors and tell them the whole story? We can do that. And so the, the question for us is what kind of story do you want to tell and are you willing to stop and to pause and to ask yourself now, looking into the future based on who I am in Christ, what kind of, do, what kind of story do I want to one day look back and tell? And then we came back and we asked ourselves the third question last week. Is there a stress that needs to be addressed? In the middle of the decision-making process, have you ever faced a stress? It may be moral, it may be ethical, and it may be something that to start off with you didn't know that was there, but down the line all of a sudden it sort of popped its head out and we went back and looked at the story of David because there was a season in his life, Mark, and Mark, you look so sharp this morning. <laughs> There was a season in, in David's life when he was truly seeking after the things of the Lord. And at that time in his life, there was a situation where, where, where um, he was being elevated because of his, his character and because of his strength and power. And Saul, the king, was pursuing him to kill him. And it just so happens that David ended up in a, in a pit, in a cave. And here's Saul, and he's pursuing him. And, you know, we talked about it last week. Here's Saul saying, guys, we've got to stop. I've got to go to the bathroom. And what in the world is the, is, was it coincidence that he just ended up going into the same cave to go to the bathroom that David happened to be held up in? And so here's David thinking to himself, man, listen, I'm being pursued. God has provided Saul so that I could kill him. Here's the guys that are with him and saying, listen, kill him. And here's Saul in the midst of this going, what do I do? And he takes that first step in the middle of the dark to kill Saul. I know that was his first thought because that would have been my first thought. But the closer he gets to the king, the more he thinks and the stronger that stress becomes. And do you know this, guys, that in our lives, as we walk through the decision-making process, the choices that we make, the decisions that we, that we face, the the consequences, the things that are going on around us, our responses are nothing more than an opportunity for us to be able to, to demonstrate the faith that we say that we have. Think about that. I don't know what stress that you're involved in right now, what situation, Laura, you might need be dealing with. I don't have a clue. But this is what I know, that those things that we're walking through right now are nothing more, those stresses are nothing more than an opportunity to, to stand up and say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to back away. It might not be culturally relevant. My friends may disagree with it, but I'm going to stand in the gap and I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to address the stress. That's what I'm going to do. Today we're going to look at the fourth question as we finish up our series together. The fourth question. But you know that it's, it's very interesting because so far... Everything that we've talked about, every one of these questions could be answered, could be asked, and you not even be a Christ follower. 
I mean, you could ask yourself, am I being completely honest? You can ask yourself, am I going to address the stress? You can ask yourself, what kind of story do I want to one day look back and tell? And you not even be a believer. You can ask yourself the question, well, today's just a little bit different. And even though the first question was maybe the most difficult, I think today is the best question by far. By far the best question. Um, you know, and, and since we have found our questions in God's Word, if you're here, the only thing I want to say is this, if you're here and you're trying to figure it all out like some of us still are, wouldn't it seem obvious that you might go back to God's Word to discover just how much God loves us? I mean, you can listen to the stories that are around us, but if you really want to know the truth, go back to God's Word and spend some time. And it's there in the, in the midst of God's Word that you'll find just how much God loves us and how much He poured into the Scriptures so that we would understand that He sent His Son Jesus to die on a cross for us and that He loves us and He desires a personal relationship with us, not based off all the rules and the regulations, but one that was based off of nothing more than intimacy. And He desires that intimacy in every part of our life. I was in a conversation with somebody this week. And I think they know who they were. And in the midst of that conversation, we were talking about um, how much that they enjoy spending time with their children and how much their joy they get from, 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 from that relationship. And all of a sudden to have your child say to you, I don't want to spend time with you anymore. I don't, I don't really want to hang out with you. I don't want to do this. And that just breaks the father's heart. What am I supposed to do? And I said, you know what? Before I even got it out of my mouth, I knew exactly what God was doing. And I said, that's how the heavenly father feels just about like us. When we, we're in that relationship, we say, God, I want to lay you to the side today. God, I just want to put you over here on the shelf today. I want to spend any time with you today. And just as our hearts would be broken as a parent, our Father, our Heavenly Father says, listen, I so much desire to have that relationship with you. So if you're here today, I just want you to understand, listen, the answers maybe that you're seeking can be found here. You can hear my story, or you can hear Felix's story, or you can hear Jeff's story, or Larry's story, or Tom's story. You can hear our stories, but where you're going to find your answers is in God's Word. I want you to take your Bibles this morning. I want you to turn to a couple of passages of Scripture because we're going to flip around a little bit. But I want you to look at a passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And while you're turning there, um, I just want to say this too. There was a time in my life when, when I was trying to figure out which side of the fence that I was going to stand on. And there was a there was this stirring in my heart, and I, I wanted to know more. Um, I was interested, <clears throat> but I just kept thinking to myself, there's got to be more than what I'm experiencing. There's got to be more to this life. God, if you're there, do you really, really love me? Do you really, really have a plan for me? And I just want to say this. It wasn't long after that time in my life that I made a decision to follow Jesus. And so if you're here today, it wouldn't surprise me at all if you're going through and asking yourself some of the same questions. If today or in the very near future, you're going to have to ask yourself the most important question of all, and that is, am I willing to trust Christ? Am I willing 
to trust him. Before I go on to the fourth question, I just want to say this. For those of us that are Christ followers, this is what we believe. We believe that whenever God allows us to be part of something special and we receive credit or praise, that we as humans weren't created to hold on to that praise. We weren't created, Tara, to hold on to that credit. God created us in, in his image to do some awesome things, whether it's bass fishing, whether it's selling a house, um, whether it's being able to stand up here and sing like a bird like John West or play the guitar, whatever talent or ability it may be, God's created us and give, some, give us some unbelievable talents and abilities to do great things. But it wasn't just to draw praise to ourselves and to hold on to it. Are you with me? Now hang on to this. It would seem logical that the more praise we received, that the more valuable we would become. Are you with me? In other words, if I'm standing on the scales and you're heaping praise and you're heaping accolades on me, that the more that I would see, receive, the heavier I would become, the more valuable I would become. It would seem that that would be logical. But is that really, really the truth? The Bible doesn't say, I can do all things, period. It says, I can do all things, what? Through Christ, who strengthens me. I can do a lot of things. I can be an unbelievable businessman and make tremendous amounts of money. I can be a great coach. I can be a great counselor. I can be an unbelievable mom or dad, or I can be a great teacher. But ultimately, what we believe as Christians is that every good work that we accomplish, everything that we do is only a result of the gifts and talents that our Heavenly Father has given us. That's it. Nothing more. And when somebody comes up and pats us, pats us on the back or says, man, great job, and you get that praise or you get that credit, the goal is, is it doesn't stop there, but it provides for us an opportunity for us to be able to talk about what the greatness of God and who he is. See, when Lori's out, man, she's a representative for TNT, and she's a representative for Tri-County Podiatry, but you know who her greatest ability to promote and to be a billboard is for? Almighty God. Lori doesn't say, come look at me. Look how great I am. Look how awesome I am. Look at how my techniques that I have provided and I've come up with. Look, look how wonderful I am. But she should be able to use that to say, listen, man, it's only by the grace of God. Only by the grace of God. I don't know if you were watching the uh, NCAA championship the other day. And I called to check on this because usually the thing is, I'm going to Disney World, right? <laughs> we're going to Disney World after we win something. But Coach Chiswick stood up, and as they interviewed him for the first time, they asked him some questions, and he just sort of stopped. And I don't know if you, I don't know if you made note of that. Uh, he made note, and he said, listen, he said, man, I appreciate the accolades. He said, but I just want to tell you this. I give all the praise and honor to glory to God the Father because it's only because of what he's done that we're here today. Do you remember that? And I called a friend of mine that happens to know him personally, and I said, listen, man, tell me something. Is this guy the real deal? And he said, yeah, he's the real deal. He's the real deal. And if the spotlight were given to you, how would you respond today? I mean, would you just sit there and say, oh, man, listen, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I'm pretty good, aren't I? You know, I'm, a, I'm just a guy. I appreciate that, man. It's all about me. Matter of fact, if we were to wear a sign, how many of us would wear that sign that says it's all about me? But I just want to say this, that we as Christians weren't created to do, just created to do good things, but we were created to bring honor and glory to a God that is awesome. You ever thought about your position as a Christian of doing that? That when you're out in the workplace, that that's your job? 
Man, that's what God created you for. And then he specifically placed you in places of business. And he specifically placed you in places of opportunity on the ball field or in the, in the workplace or in the job force or in a place in a community where you live and you work and you play. But he specifically placed you so that you can bring honor and you can bring, bring glory and you can bring praise to him. But how many times do you even begin to consider that? Why do you think you're so successful? Why do, you think you, why do you think that God's even blessed you? Why do you think that? So that you can bring honor and glory to him. So if you've not figured out the last question, this is it. Last question, number four. Write it down. As I look at the options that I'm considering, what option most honors God? As I'm looking at the decision that I'm making, and I'm considering the options... Out of those options, which one of it that brings most honor to God? In John 15, 8, it says this. This is what brings glory to the Father. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but this is what it says. You don't want to know when you bring glory to the Father, when you produce much fruit. When you produce and are being the disciple that God's called you to be, that's when you are bringing glory to the Father. Uh, some of you have already turned to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I just want to say this in reference. This passage of Scripture was written in reference to sexuality and decision-making, but I want, you to, I want you to understand this, that I believe that it was much more than that. It was, it was about us bringing glory to the Lord in all of the decisions of life. But here we are in 1 Corinthians, and you've got these Gentile believers and and in the midst of that, there was a tremendous amount of struggle that was going on, divisions that had been formed. There was a conversation about who was right and who was wrong and who was doing what. And so you've got these different factions that are forming. And Paul said, listen, guys, man, you've been set apart. You've been set apart. Don't live as the world does. Live a blameless and Christ-centered life. Focus on his teachings. Don't battle for positions. You ever been in a place where people are battling for positions? You know what happens in those times? There's total chaos. Total chaos. God didn't create the church for people to battle for positions. Who's in the head position? He is. He is. So we look to Him for guidance, and we look to Him for understanding, and we look to Him for leadership. He's in the place of positions, and we bring ourselves under submission to Him and Him alone. And Paul said, listen, examine yourselves. And he uses this passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. He's talking to the believers. Don't you realize that your body is the temple, a place where God lives, of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself, for God brought you with a high price. Do you understand? Listen, there was a tremendous price that was paid for us with the blood of Jesus Christ that died. So you must honor God with your body. In other words, as we live and as we interact with one another, we should live to honor God. Paul's speaking in context of sexuality, but doesn't that apply to every area of our lives? Every area of our lives. How do I bring glory to God? Now flip over now to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 is the first um, book of the New Testament. Matthew, written by the tax collector himself. And here is Jesus teaching to a crowd 
a crowd of people that had gathered. <clears throat> and Matthew chapter 5 through 7 is, is a larger part of what we would call the Sermon on the Mount. But here's a, a piece of that sermon as Jesus is teaching. And this is what he says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. He says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. How many of you guys have driven through Lady Lake and you've seen that new sign? You know that big light up sign? Doesn't that catch your attention? Man, think about that while we're talking. He says, you're a light in the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. That guy that built that billboard put it there for a specific purpose because he knew there were a lot of people going to be driving by there. And man, it's huge. And when you drive by it, it catches your attention. He goes on to say, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. When that guy put that billboard there, he didn't put it up and say, oh, man, we're going to light it up, but now we're going to put a tarp over the top of it. That would have been foolish, wouldn't it? It would have been ridiculous. Why in the world would you make the investment, put up that billboard that lights up everything, and then put a, put a tarp over the top of it? That's foolish. No one lights a lamp, puts it under a basket. So instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way... Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that you can bring praise to yourself. Maybe I misread that. Let me see. Oh, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. I'm so sorry. Do you understand? Look, you're not a light so that you can bring praise to yourself. You're a light so that you can bring praise to who? Wow. Wow sort of changes things around. Why is Tracy the teacher that Tracy strives to be? Is it because there's an emptiness in Tracy that she's trying to perform? Or is she, she looking at herself as a, as a position that I want to bring glory to God? It changes everything. Why is Mike the police officer that he is? Is it because he wants to bring glory to himself? Or is he just saying that, listen, I want to look at my life of how I bring glory to you, God, and how I live. Justin, selling a house. Why do I sell a house? Do I want to make another book? What is it? Or do I want to use the gift that I have to bring glory to God? Scott, Steve, Byron, Kim, Dave, why do you play softball? Look at me, baby. No, listen, you use every gift and talent you have to bring glory to the Father. And this is what Jesus is saying, that as we make decisions... Our goal should be to live in such a way that when others see how we live, that in some way it should point their attention to God. Huge. In other words, when we're faced with a life decision, we need to be willing to stop and to pause and to ask ourselves, does what I am considering bring honor to God? We need to stop and be able to ask ourselves, um, as I address the stress, as I, address, as I am addressing this stress, will I choose, as David chose, to honor you when it's all said and done? Man, this question is huge as we sit down and we look at life choices. It's unbelievable. <clears throat> and you know what? It's asking ourselves that question that will cause us to leave contrary, live contrary to what other people say sometimes we should live. Think about that. 
it would lead us, when we ask ourselves that question, maybe to go against what your friends say, what your neighbors say. And if you're brave enough to ask that question, it might lead you to do some crazy, crazy things, like bypass a promotion, or do something that somebody else said, man, you're out of, you're out of your mind. Why would you do that? Because when you answer that question, it's not about you. When you're asking yourself that question, it leads me to say, okay, God, what is it that you desire? Because I desire most of all to bring glory to you. I remember early on at Heritage, there was a couple that said, I'm just wondering, how do we leverage the resources that we have to bring glory to God? We already are, are percentage givers, but how do we as a family cut back and how do we prepare ourselves so that we, we will be able to, to be able to give more of a percentage of the blessings that God has blessed us with so that not only can Heritage um, make an impact, but they can continue to, to, to go on and do some greater things. I remember somebody coming to me and, and saying, man, listen, to those of us we going, what do you mean? That didn't make any sense. Don't you want a new car? Don't you want this new thing over here? But no, they said, no, God, how do we use what you've given us what you've given us to leverage those resources so that we can, we can uh, make an impact in the community. I, I have known people that have spent time giving things away that most of us spend a life trying to acquire. Why? Because they want to use their resources to bring honor and praise to the Father. I, I, I know a couple that spends hours, countless hours of their life mentoring other couples. Why? I mean, they moved here to retire, for goodness sakes. Shouldn't they be just enjoying life and playing golf? But no, they said, God, we want to use our time to honor you instead of just soaking up the sun. I remember this crazy couple with a brand new baby that said, God, man, you're calling us to be part of a church plant and, and just up and leaves where they were and the house is not even sold. I never have still have been able to figure out why Brian and Brooke did that. <laughs> Didn't make any sense. But you know what? When you're asking yourselves, how do I glorify God? It changes things. It changes things. Completely changes things. All of this stuff becomes ridiculous when you look at it from a choice. You look at our choices from a worldly perspective. But you know, it's not weird at all when you ask yourself, how, God, can I most glorify you? You know, it's why a couple would bypass going out to eat and say, I want to sponsor a student to go to camp. So that's why they would do that. It's why a couple would take vacation time off and go to a passion conference and invest their time in college students. And they would spend their vacation time instead of on their own self. They would say, listen, I want to spend my life investing in those lives of younger, that are, those younger people that are coming in behind me. I want it, my life to count. It's why a, a Danny and a Debbie Hayes is completely always looking for somebody who they can invest their life in and minister to. Um, it's why a, a Scott and a other team of people would work so hard to put on a men's retreat when they've got other things that are going on. It's because, God, I want to use my time and talents to glorify you. It's why a Sherry and a Danny would spend time down doing things for kids when they could be doing other stuff. Because, God, I want to glorify you. It's why Meredith and Brooke and all these other people that are involved in children, it's why they're involved in children, because they're asking the question, God, how do I glorify you? It's why Kenny and Johnny and Sean and Rick and Karen and all these people are so involved in what's going on in the lives of these kids around our communities. 
they're coaching and they're involved. You know why? Because they want to bring glory to the Father. Hopefully not so that they would bring glory to themselves. It's why Karen puts in countless hours preparing behind the scenes for an Easter egg hunt or a fall festival. It's why people would sacrifice time and finances to go to Poland. It's why a married couple, listen to me, would, who is struggling would opt to fight for the relationship instead of give up. It's why a friend of mine who would come to a place in his life later on that he would say, you know, man, football's great, but it's not the way I want to live my legacy. I want to invest my time in these kids, and football's great, and winning is great, but at the end of the day, I want to be able to hang my hat and say, I've told these kids about who Jesus is. It's why a teenager or a single adult would choose to wait because they understand that that sex within God's plan is God's way and the boundaries of marriage, regardless of what everybody else thinks, regardless of what everybody else is doing, because they want to live their life to bring glory to God. It's why people would give. It's why hurt people would choose to forgive. When others around us are saying, what are you doing? Don't you know that they wronged you? It's the question that we ask ourselves And at the end of the day, we say, how do we live our lives so that we bring glory to the Father? And you know what? If you're willing to ask yourself this question, be ready. Because this is dangerous. Because it's that question that helps us live as our Heavenly Father intended us to live. That's why I think it's the best question of all. So you can get by and you can ask the first three questions. But when you ask the fourth question, adds a whole new phrase to it, doesn't it? Something else now begins to take way. Something else begins to take place. It's that question that moves us as individuals beyond doing church to being church. It's that question that we ask corporately that takes us from where we are to where God wants us to be. Are you with me? It's that question that causes us to live on the edge, saying, how do I live out a legacy of faith instead of doing more church and creating more programming and getting more bogged down in what everybody else is doing? I mean, we can live and we can gain glory for ourselves and we can hoard the praise that comes our way. But can I tell you this, guys? At the end of the day, you're going to be empty and lost. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you're there. Because you're doing everything in the world, everything in the world, and you're just as lost as you were yesterday. You're just as confused as you were yesterday. You're just as empty as you were yesterday. Because we come to learn and understand that that the praise that we get wasn't meant to stay here. That is not our worth and value. But those of us that are believers are called to reflect and I and to say, I am here because I want to bring glory to the Father. Listen, I got a challenge for you guys. Here's my challenge. My challenge is this. You're going to be facing some major decisions over the next couple of days. I don't know what they are. Some of you may be in the middle of them right now. But this is what I want to ask you. I want to ask you if in the middle of the next few days, if you would just stop and be willing to pause and ask yourself, okay, God, what I'm trying to decide here, what is it that is most honoring to you? 
That's all I want to ask you to do. As you're, the next few days, however long, three or four days, whatever, I just want to ask you, would you be willing to stop and just say, okay, God, this is what I'm facing. God, is, what is it that most honors you? Because regardless of your position, regardless of your age, regardless if you're a seasoned believer or a new believer, if you're a parent, a businessman, a spouse, a single parent, a grandparent, a coach, I just want to ask you, I just want to challenge you to say, just to ask yourself the question, God, out of all the things that I'm facing, how do I bring glory to you? <laughs> how do I know your heart? And even though it may not be what I desire and what benefits me most, God, am I willing to step outside the box? And am I willing to say, God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to honor you? That's my challenge. Now, I would love for you to be able to do the right thing. I'm just asking you to be willing to ask the question. My desire would be that you would come back and say, man, I've asked myself that question, and because of that, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not asking you to do it. I'm just asking you to consider the question. Because if you consider the question, even if, at least we've made it 50% of the way. I'm just asking you to consider it. I'm not interested, guys, in doing more church. But I want to be more of who God called me to be. I want us to be more who God's called us to be. I don't want to be done, known just as another building, just as another group of people within a community living life and doing church on Sunday morning. I want us to be known as a group of people that are living our lives saying, God, how do we glorify you? This is every one of us. This is Brian. This is me. This is Sheila. This is Fred, Larry, Terry, every one of us. That's the kind of people that I want to be known to be. When somebody talks about heritage, I don't want to be talking about a building. I want to be talking about a people. I want people to say, heritage? Oh, listen, man, that's the group of people that is truly wanting to live for Christ. Wouldn't that be awesome? You're talking about, in, in, you're talking about impacting a community. I'm not talking about a cult. I'm talking about people that are saying, I'm willing to stand up and live for Christ. I want to step across the line. I'm not going to stand in the middle anymore. I'm going to step across the line. I'm going to be willing to ask myself the question, what is it that honors the Father the most? Regardless of your past, how many of you today would be bold enough to say, I want to ask that question? Don't raise your hands. Regardless of your past, how many of you would be willing to say, that's who I want to be? I truly desire to live a life that honors God. I want my speech, my attitude, my life. I want every person around me to know that it is my desire to honor the Lord with my life because I want to live a legacy of faith. Because in a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to respond to that. This is tough, and we don't usually do this, but this is what they call an invitation time. It's where we respond. It's where we know whether or not we're listening to what God says. And listen, just because you move doesn't necessarily mean that you're listening to what God says. But I want to ask you to move in just a second. And what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to get up and to go to somebody and say, listen, I want you to know that I want my life to be honoring to God. That's tough. That's called accountability. 
that Diane would get up and she'd maybe go to John and somebody she didn't know and say, listen, I just want you to know that I want my life to be honoring to God. Now, there's some of you that are going to be afraid because you're thinking, but what about my past? Forget your past. Dealing with your past may be answering the question, how will I bring honor to the Father? Are you with me? Forget about your past. I'm talking about your future and where you're headed. If you got something in the past that needs to, to be dealt with, answer the question. How do I bring honor to the Father? There's some of you that may be here today that you've never ever trusted Christ. My question is, what is it that keeps you from making that decision? We say there's two questions that need to be answered. What is it I need to know and what is it I need to do? We explain that, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth in him would not perish but have eternal life. What is it I need to know? Number one, that God loves me. Number two, what is it? God gave. And what did he give? His son Jesus to die on a cross for us. And what is it that I need to, how do I respond to that? I respond by saying, I believe. And not only I believe, but I freely receive, God, what you've given me that I can't give myself. Our salvation is not based on our works, but only what Christ Jesus did for us on Calvary 2,000 years ago. So maybe you're here today and, and you're saying, man, <clears throat> I've never trusted Christ, but today I'm going to answer the question, how do I live? How do I live to glorify God? Today I want to trust Jesus for the first time. I want to come and I want everybody to know that I want to trust Christ. I'm going to have some of the lead team members. I'm going to ask the lead team members in a minute to stand up here. And if that's you, would you just be willing to, to come to one of them and say, I want to trust Jesus. Would you talk to me more about that personal relationship with Christ? There are some of you here that have trusted Christ, but you've never followed through in baptism. Why? So when you ask the question today, how do I most bring honor and, honor and glory to the Father? Would you answer that question by saying, God, I want to be obedient to you in baptism? Because I understand that it's that first act of obedience that I begin to identify, but also tell other people here that I've trusted Jesus Christ. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray in just a minute, and Brian's going to be playing. But how many of you truly, truly desire to reflect God's glory? I don't have a pencil, guys. I'm not going to sit up here and take attendance. I'm praying for you because that's what I desire for you. That's what I want heritage to be known for is a people that desire. And listen, I'm willing to call you out. If I see some things that aren't right, I'm willing to go to you, not because I've got some rules and regulations I want you to live up to. I'm willing to call you out because I love you. And because God expects more of you. I want you to be a light. I don't want just to be another place. I want it to be God's place. And isn't that how we should live? I mean, don't you want to have that kind of impact in a community? Don't you want that to be the legacy that we leave behind as a church, as a body of believers? Oh, man, they did great. You know, they had some good singing down there at church the other day. Preacher, he preached a good message. We're going to live like hell the rest of the week. But, man, it sure was good on Sunday. Forget about that. What good does that do? I'm just going to pray for you. How many of you be willing to stand up and say, man, listen, I'm going to go to somebody and I want them to know I want to live for Christ. I texted some guys the other day. You know what they said? That's who I want to be. That's who I want to be. If that's who you want to be, would you be willing to go to somebody this morning and say, listen, I want to live for Christ. Is there somebody here today that's never trusted Christ to say, listen, I don't understand it all, but this is what I know. 
the Bible says that tells me that Jesus died on the cross for me and that God loved me so much that he sent his son. And the only thing that I know today is, man, I just want to believe and I want to receive. I don't understand it all. Would you be willing to come and just, and just talk to one of these lead team members that will be standing up here this morning and just say, help me, help me. Or maybe you're here this morning and you've never been baptized as an affirmation of your faith in Christ. To tell the world to be a billboard that Jesus is alive and well. This morning, you come as well. But I'm going to pray for you. And after I pray, Brian's going to play, and you'll have an opportunity to respond. This is a question. How will you live? And then when we're done with our invitation, we have something very special just for a couple of minutes. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you. Wow. To be able to come to a place to ask ourselves the most important question of all, God, how do I live to bring glory and honor to your name? We're here at the ending of a, of a series talking about, God, how do we make wise life choices? And we come down, we, we deal with all these questions that are great, but then to come down to the last one that says, God, how do I most honor you? And so now we're forced with the decision. We're being faced with the decision, God, of how will I respond? We want to put some feet to what we've been talking about. So, Father, if there are people here that are saying, I want to step across the line, I want people to know that I want to honor you with my life, would they be willing to go to somebody? I don't care who it is. Just go to somebody. Go across the room. Get up and go hug somebody and say, man, I just want you to know I want to live for Christ. I want to live a life that's most honoring to him. I'm so sorry if I've wronged you. I'm so sorry if I've offended you. I'm so sorry for the past. May we be responsive for the person that's here that wants to trust Christ. Would they be willing to come? while these lead team members are coming and standing behind me and just go to one of them and say, listen, I want to trust Christ. I want to answer the question because I want my life to honor God. Or maybe there's people here that have never, they've never went through baptism, never experienced baptism because they have, <laughs> they've trusted you, but they've just been afraid today when they answer the question, how do I most honor God? I want everybody here to know. I want to be baptized. I want to follow in. I want people to know that I've, my past is gone and I've been new, I'm a new creature in Christ. So, Father, this is an invitation. May we respond today as we stand in Jesus' name. Amen.